Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 336 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. Can you stand it? And with us is, as always, Florence Ion. Hello, Flo. Hi, Andy. Can you stand this? Can you see what this oh, is? Oh, I saw the that your R2-D2 Tamagotchi. <laughs> okay, so R2-D2 has... Yeah, so I'm I'm like working on this right now, testing it out. It was like 20 bucks and I have a feeling this is going to be an easy stocking stuffer for a lot of people this year. <laughs> so I decided that I would start it cuz usually like I don't jump on Tamagotchi when I get them. Like you have to find a right time to introduce a new game. So I put my other Otherwise, Tamagotchi. Otherwise they fight. They're they're like they're like cats. So you they're you don't want to have a <laughs> or first four com- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um this R2D2 Tamagotchi actually what I've noticed so far, because it's just my first run of it, is it'll evolve into a Star Wars character, which evokes a number of scenes. And my R2-D2 has effectively evolved into the X-Wing, which is wonderful because I'm a huge, mm. huge Luke stan. Like, I'm I'm a Skywalker babe all the way. Um, So that I have that going for me. Hi. See, that, I decided to take over the, no, no, the conversation and talk about R2-D2. That, that, that's good. It's just that I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about that now because there's something. A lot. It's really controversial, the Luke thing, when I bring it up. Really? It, yeah. People seem to A lot of really big Starkiller just... fan, fans out there? Well, because and my husband actually is the first person who really brought this to mind. It was later like validated, which is that apparently Luke is really whiny. He's not the person that you want to stand. It's Han that you want to stand, which I understand that, but I like who I like. That's well, and see, and that's fine. And that's, there are things that people need to understand about the difference between a movie that's made as a real movie and a movie that, and a thing that is meant to be, uh, an intellectual property event. When you're making a real movie, <laughs> yes. you give your and you say, "Well, okay, Ooh, let's see. Yeah. A movie. This this character is uh, gonna become uh, like a master Jedi, one of the most important people to save like thousands and millions of people. Yeah, that's uh, what I resonated entire with. Culture. But but who is he right now? Right now, he is a 16 year old farm boy who feels as though he's completely put upon because his uncle and his aunt, for seemingly no reason, as far as he's concerned, are stopping him from like leaving this town. I want to go to the so, Tasha yeah, station. He's I want to go to Tasha station for some power converts. Yeah, that, that that's who he would be at that point. He's not the person that we imagined him to become two movies later. And it's like. Yeah, it's like there, there are times where I feel if I were the sort of person to get involved, like really in these sort of like social media pop culture beefs, it'd be like, are you do, have you people not do people not understand how movies work? It's not just there to say. And, and another thing and another thing about the about uh, uh, about a new hope, there are there are like almost no Easter eggs uh, about the new uh, about uh, uh, about uh, episode eight in there. It's like I keep looking in the background expecting to find, uh, you know, it's like, well, no, there, it's not a Pixar movie. This is this is, this is not <laughs> a delivery vehicle for 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 Easter eggs, which is like what all these it's like. Is it? Uh, let me see again. This is uh, this no. Is where I'm totally this with you. Is going. It's like well, I, I just I just want some I'm of my totally favorite, especially Star Wars. I want my favorite like characters to be put into movies, 
as opposed to, well, we're going to have to make sure that if he if, if he looks at his hand, that there's like a, a his, his wristband or his wristwatch has the logo of something that was referenced once in an animated special uh, in the Star Wars yeah. droids. This like, is this uh, is my uh, this is my issue with the R2-D2 Tamagotchi. Like, I hate to say it, um, but I'm going to be honest here. This is supposed to be a safe space. By the way, this is not in our notes. This is just an organic conversation. Folks, what you're seeing, what you're hearing is a total ad lib. You're hearing it the first time, just like the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah, I am struggling with this R2-D2 Tamagotchi because it's not a Tamagotchi. It doesn't include any of the Tama characters, like any of the characters that you've seen on the previous virtual pets and that I've played with, like on the color Tamagotchi I get from Japan. It's, and by the way, it's a whole world. It's a whole little, uh, the Tamagotchi anime and everything. It's a whole thing. Instead, this is pure 100% Star Wars fan service. From the minute you start it, you get the cute little beep boops. Um, the games that you play, one of the default games is you play that one game against Chewbacca with the with the little board. Um, it's There's scenes that play every hour from the different movies. And we're talking about the original like six movies, not the super new stuff. So you'll get the... Clone Wars, I forget the robots, what they're called, but you get the Clone Wars robots, um, you get the X-Wing, you get uh, Boba Fett, you get C-3PO waving at you from the back of Chewbacca and the little sling. So again, all this fan service, but it feels like so much. And we just restarted our Disney Plus subscription and it's (laughs) like... I went on there to watch Shang-Chi over the break, which, by the way, was absolutely amazing. I cried through the entire thing. It was so beautiful. <laughs> yep. It was like just it, the... Haven't anyway, seen it yet, it but this really is... Well done, really well done Marvel movie, and I don't say that about Marvel. Right. I I, I, again, I will, I will say Marvel parenthetically, but I'll say, I hate to interrupt, <laughs> but I have to say this parenthetically because what you said is just perfect. This is what I'm talking about. Sometimes Disney makes a movie. Usually they make, again, an intellectual property event. That this is so. This is why I always. That's what the Tamagotchi feels like. Right. Well, see, my see, my issue was going when I was seeing you demonstrate it. Like I think it was on Instagram stories or something. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like, but it it looks it's painted to look like R two D two. So the so thematically, everything about the development of this digital creature should be developing R two D two. If if you suddenly, well, wait a minute. So R two D two has morphed into an X wing. But I'm still holding well, no, something in my in hand X-wing. that looks like he's. That's yeah, his job. That's, You're, it's like where where is where is are we are we seeing a window into the life of R two D two or are we holding in our hands a life form akin to the soul of R two D two? I know I'm overthinking this, pure... but it's my job. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a nitpicker. I'm a pedant. There's a difference, which I will then explain over the next forty five minutes. Man, you know what, Andy? I was trying really hard to keep my write up of this like six hundred words. I think this is going to be a thousand worder. <laughs> Well, the metaf- sorry to my editor. It's all about <laughs> it's all about metaphysics. There's almost a Kierkegaardian sort of uh, conflict going on here that I think that you would be wise uh, if to 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 dive right into. <sighs> I mean, I know that you have a child. I'm not saying care of your child is not important, but if you find yourself in a position where maybe I can ignore the child for let's say eight minutes today to focus more on the philosophical bent of this Tamagotchi <laughs> to, to work. Cause I think you're not just talking about a Tamagotchi here. You're talking about the soul. You're talking about what makes us people. It's, it's almost like a Philip K Dick style do mm. Android's dream of electric sheep sort of thing. And I really think this could be like the ne- a next level thing. 
Or you could just say, here's another piece of cheap tat made by Disney. It's a piece of crap. You're going to enjoy it for eight minutes, eight minutes, but hey, it's, it's only 20 bucks or whatever. Actually, it's probably even more on the point. So ignore what I just mm-hmm. said. I have to say, I you know, folks, it's a bummer sometimes Andy and I don't have more time. Because the thing is, so we just came back from like a Thanksgiving break-ish. Let's call it that. We, I hope, Andy, you took a break from work. Because I did. I, I just, did. Indeed, I was. I did maybe. not work for five full days. It was <laughs> freaking wonderful. Um, and during that time, it's like, I'm always doing these things, Andy, and then I want to tell you about them when I come back, but it would just make the podcast (laughs) really long. And so I'm trying to holding back. I know. Holding back. No, I, I, I will, all, all I will do in terms of uh, speaking of Thanksgiving is to once again, advocate for sous vide, uh, water immersion cookers. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's like, listen to Andy. It's just, it's worth it. The perfect thing you don't. You, mm-hmm. It's like I, I I cannot overstress. Sometimes I sometimes I have Thanksgiving with family. Sometimes I have Thanksgiving elsewhere. I can say, and I will include the Thanksgivings that I had uh, with my dear departed mother, mother and father. I have never had Thanksgiving turkey that tastes anywhere halfway as nice as the kind that I make in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the sofa, check my watch saying, okay, well, the the turkey is kind of done, is actually done anytime so from wild. this point forward, but I'm going to watch the end of this, like Mystery Science this Theater so 3000 wild. before I go forward. And then just take, zipping open this plastic bag. Well, actually, okay, technically speaking, not, I, I was going to save to complete the picture, just zipping open this plastic bag, dumping it on a plate and then eating it standing up. Like, no, it, I did actually eat it. But the, 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 it's the, okay if you ate it standing is, up. No, okay? no, no. I, I, I every good on, chef I, has to sit and taste their you know their I ate work, it, I so ate it on the I ate it on the sofa like a gentleman like like mm-hmm. a like a like a Roman with a napkin on your high, lap. like like That's a Roman god or something like that but yeah no, I did yeah. see but the the other great thing about the sous vide is that it does I will not go into the eight hour thing about the sous vide but the thing is that like there are things on thank, Thanksgiving should be all about how can I minimize the amount of stress involved in putting this meal together and part of that is the day before I made all the side dishes that I could just simply cook ahead of time and then we'll just need to reheat the next day there was a lot of side dishes like that made my pies the for the day before and then mm-hmm. the great thing about sous vide is that normally like in the before times before sous vide it's like the okay the turkey we don't know what time the turkey is going to be ready we think it'll be sometime between 1252 and 127 okay so we can get guests so seated but and then, and then you have to make sure that everything is everything is set up and ready so that when the turkey is ready you can actually take it out together with the sous vide the thing is you get like an hour and a half to two hours in which any time after this point it's fully cooked it's safe to eat mm-hmm. it's beautiful mm-hmm. and but that status will not change over the next hour and a half and two hours it's so that's like magic yeah so that's when you it's say like that, magic. okay so now, now it's time for me to put like put the put the rolls in the oven now is the time for me to actually cook the big uh, cook the the green beans the stuff that had to be done like at the at the moment of preparation and it's like why 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 would anybody i i see also i, I will say that uh, this again I'll, I'm trying to I'm trying to bite my tongue here because this is uh, this is a fun topic, but like I I just remember helping out as as the only single member of the family for a great number of years. I was the one who would, without asking, just sort of, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, I thought I'd had nothing else to do today because of the day off, so I thought I'd show up about four hours early or five hours early for Thanksgiving just to see if you need any help." 
because of course they did because they're making son, a Andy. dinner for like 18 people but also a lot of like, sons wouldn't do that for their parents single or not i'm just gonna uh, say that well because because uh, again this is this is this it was this it was just always so stressful because it's like okay i could i can sense something in mom that says that i'm going to need to be between mom and dad for the next 18 minutes until this thing blows over again not because they were fighting but because they were they were two people very focused very capable trying to get things done but starting to like both in mission mode not sometimes not working together and it's like okay i uh, maybe uh dad maybe you and i uh should go out and make sure that we 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 flop out that uh, get, get we get the boards together for the for the for the okay. dining room table to get that ready yeah. while mom doesn't absolutely explode all over everything <laughs> andy were you the youngest oh you're how the you youngest guess? yeah <laughs> oh, oh, but well, I was, I was the young, I was the youngest, so I was the best. I was the spoiled one. I was the, I was the one that was always the best treated. Also, as yeah, also as yeah, the boy, I was no. the one who was guilty of doing everything that no one else in the family was able to. Uh, up to. Yeah, I'm sorry you got that. <laughs> um, it was also a sign of the times, unfortunately. Mm. You being, you know, gender is a construct, but you being the only boy in the household, I'm sure during those eh. times. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring childhood. back old things. Nope, nope. I was what I wanted to say was that it's. It's really interesting the way that cooking has changed now that we have the, you know, my husband has a Bluetooth connected smoker, which was a <laughs> a big, you know, nice, uh, it was a nice toy for him that he bought. And he, when I described to you a person just standing over the countertop and eating while standing their creation, that's my husband after he smokes meat. Oh, he no just, one. just. I'm I'm hip. I'm, just I'm hip. right you there. Do, you do. I, I was I was slicing up. I was slicing up the turkey, uh, and it's like and plating it up very actually very nicely for myself. It wasn't like again just you know I was on the sofa, but it's not like I was just like here is a I put everything in a bucket and mashed it all together, and now I'm just gonna squeeze it into my mouth. But not, but there is that thing where it's like oh well there's look, baby food like that. But yeah, but they, <laughs> yeah, they, maybe they should maybe they should look at that people like. <laughs> People who just want to be people who just want to who just want to answer honestly when friends and family who are concerned saying so you 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 spent Thanksgiving all alone oh well did did you have a Thanksgiving dinner except yes I had a Thanksgiving dinner like for technical reasons it was basically a pouch that I boiled in water and then just squeezed into my mouth <laughs> oh I see what before, you mean <laughs> before or after getting the, the take the subway takeout sandwich. But but no oh but, but I'm, I'm so hip to that where it's like and then there's like a couple of ends that aren't big enough to like to actually be fully sliced so you just pop it in your mouth just to check on the seasoning said oh damn it that's good maybe I'll just have another piece just standing up here while I'm preparing other things damn that's good maybe I'll have another piece just standing damn that's good anyway ro- rosemary good, you know salt what? pepper good. garlic salt good good for us for doing a positive spin on the holiday this year it's good fun. for us. Good for us. Well, as I continue to try to sleep off Thanksgiving and our listeners try to sleep off the results of my telling you all about how exciting my Thanksgiving was, uh, let's get ready to do an actual Google uh, podcast. Uh, actually, kind of a cool one this week. Uh, in this, this week's news, it turns out that uh, Google's don't be evil mandate might, in fact, be legally binding. That's an interesting legal twist that I hope that we it's get to so discuss. It's so much interesting. It's, I can't <laughs> believe how big it's I mean, I can believe it. It's anyway, we will talk anyway, about it. Yes. Uh, also, Google and the University of Maryland, they're working together on a very interesting project that might have missed the entire point of the problem they're trying to solve entirely. 
But again, A for effort. We'll be talking about that. And it's December, and it's time for the first annual Material Podcast Wintertime Funtime Good News Cavalcade Parade of Smiles, which means that we've got a whole block in which things that are kind of good news that aren't going to make you think, oh my God, why am I supporting this company by actually letting them have access to my personality? But again, it's the Wintertime Funtime Good News Cavalcade Parade of Smiles coming up. Looking forward to that in this week's episode. But we will continue after this lovely message. This episode of Material is brought to you by The IntraZone. With the new year almost upon us, it's time to start refreshing your podcast list. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The IntraZone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews hosted by the SharePoint team, all about how SharePoint, OneDrive, Teams, Viva, and more can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint and Microsoft 365 fit into your everyday work life. And learn more about the flexibility when working with content, workflow, search, and more. Each show covers a bunch of segments, like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspectives from product experts inside and outside Microsoft, and upcoming events, conferences, and workshops. And the topics for each show are really interesting. Previous episodes cover Microsoft Lists, AI and machine learning, and designing your own intranet. I recently listened to the episode on the top five hidden gems of Microsoft Lists, and it was interesting to hear how to use the app to collaborate with other folks. And for those who are in the industry, episodes like the SharePoint Roadmap check-ins are a great way to get the skinny on what's happening with software releases without studying any documentation. Go and listen to it now. Just search for the IntraZone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I N T R A Z O N E, or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, Flo, uh, is don't be evil actually legally binding? In the same sense that if I say, have a good day, have I actually entered into an oral contract with you? And your failure to not have a good day means that you have to then pay some sort of a penalty that we will negotiate through binding arbitration. A lot is riding on this new lawsuit. Uh, as so many of our stories begin, <laughs> the four of workers who were fired by Google under higher question, highly questionable circumstances, uh, this, these four workers were part of the purge in late 2019. Uh, they were activists in the- Sorry, you just you said the purge and- that damn movie just <laughs> i haven't seen it yes just quickly i've yes never no. seen it either okay i saw the beginning of it at the gym once but that i have never seen a full one i'm sorry it's just people talk about the purge all the time yeah anyway it's it's it's, it's kind of like how that snl sketch has ruined the concept of the cowbell where it's like you can't i'm about yeah. i'm about to say something where it's actually part of the story where i said oh god i'm if i use the if i say the word cowbell in this co- like my uh, I, my my mom heard a cowbell and fortunately she managed to swerve it just in time to avoid hitting this animal and she probably would have been terribly terribly injured cuz like uh, more cowbell tink tink like, okay i know but i'm not going to tell you about this traumatic experience that my family just went through because she was stuck in a ditch for about 3 or 4 hours and her battery was getting low but she's okay fine but now we're all very very wor- anyway. 
me. <laughs> Needs more cowbell. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. So anyway, so uh, yeah, f- uh, four workers who got fired this time uh, back in nineteen, uh, back in twenty nineteen, they were active in the movement to organize Google's mm-hmm. work. Google's workers also very active in organizing protests against things that they mm-hmm. that Google was up to, including uh, using AI technology and contracts with the military that they didn't really cotton to, and trying to organize other people who also agreed with them that perhaps a walkout was very much in order. Uh, so, but they were fired in twenty nineteen. They uh, were suspicious enough to invite allegations of retaliation for their roles in Google's labor efforts and lawsuits. And, of course, officially, Google fired them for cause, citing, and here's what they actually said, quote, clear and repeated violations, unquote, of data security policies. But if you are followers of this sort of thing at Google, at Apple, at everywhere else, that's usually standard industry playbook practice when you're firing activist workers. Uh, And, of course, the people, the four employees who were fired are completely denying that. Uh, but anyway, so three of those four fired Googlers are suing, and for a very deliciously saucy reason, they're claiming that mm. their activism was, in fact, explicitly allowed by Google as part of the company's "Don't Be Evil" credo. Uh, which so great, which is <laughs> that's just amazing. A, I know. Aren't what you a like, way to put it back on the map and to bring it back around and say, like, well. You guys said it in your ethos when I signed up for this job at my very first day when you gave me my badge with my smiling face yes. and all the free food I could eat. You said that I should love working here because we will not be evil. It's it's exactly it's exactly what I love to see, especially when you have all mm-hmm. the all the problems of a multi trillion dollar company that puts on a public face for one thing and trying to make sure that what people think, what the public thinks of the company can be summarized in no more than three sentences, every word of which the company is going to control very, very carefully. Kind of like Apple saying, we think privacy is an essential human right. What about China? An essential human right. Why aren't you letting people protect themselves against the government? It is so essential and it offends us. China, 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 that Google and Facebook are like, you're not answering our question. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm getting at. Of course, subtly as usual. Uh, but yeah, when they say, but look, uh, you said don't actually it wasn't even just that they said don't be evil. It was like, no, you have to. Here is a, here's the company ethos. And if you want to work for us, you're going to have to agree to this as as part of the code of content, content, uh, conduct mm-hmm. for our company. So they're they are making the argument that, again, they were just doing their jobs. I'll, I'll actually more than that. Uh, like when they decided to take action and refuse to do something that they believed to be evil or hide something that they thought was evil, they were doing not only what they were obligated to do, but technically speaking, if they hadn't protested Google's military AI work, that would have been a fireable offense. And so they're just protecting their jobs because, Fair. again, there's this documentation they signed. Um, the <laughs> the ex-Googler said in a statement on Monday, quote, Google realized that, quote, don't be evil, unquote, was both costing it money and driving workers to organize rather than admit that their stance had changed and lose the accompanying benefits to the company image google fired employees who were living the motto and of course that's also relevant because i mean if if you say those three words don't be evil everybody okay maybe not everybody there there are people who are not as into tech even one percent as we are those people wouldn't but almost everybody else would recognize oh that's google that's 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 google's slogan so as a result when you are uh when you're a, a, a if you just received your master's in engineering or your doctorate in engineering and you're fielding hopefully three or four offers from really huge, very, very interesting companies, and one of them has an intractably linked public stance about not doing evil, the others are like, eh, not so much. Maybe that would be one of the reasons why you would 
one of many factors that would make you want to work for Google instead of somebody else. And so if that all turns out to be a sham, that's a super, super bad thing. So it's not just deceiving the public. It's also deceiving people that you're inviting into your own workforce. I just want to bring up for a second here how kind of amazing it is. So first of all, it was amazing the way that this sort of flipped don't be evil on its head and (laughs) said, well, 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 this is what you told us to do. But I have to say that I feel like this would not be possible in just any industry because like I'm I'm personally happy to see this happening as a person who has just recently joined a union and is like learning what unionization is all about. Uh, I think it's this whole case speaks to the power of even like an informal union because Google tech workers do not have a formal union of the sort, like the way I belong to the Writers Guild of the East. Uh, yeah, WGAE. I'm still learning about my union, folks. <laughs> um, but haven't, haven't learned a handshake yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still learning. Uh, but that's all to say that they have a privilege here for the fact that this is the kind of line of work where, hmm, the pay grade of this job and what you are doing for a living, I feel like it's such a privilege to be in that position. So to be able to come out and say, like, this is the injustice that we faced. There's union busting going on here that they can do it. They're in the position to be able to do that because of the salaries that they get, the the jobs that they have. The fact that they're in an in an industry will, where they will likely still be able to find a job after this if things don't necessarily work out. If that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to overgeneralize. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I'm trying not to overgeneralize because I recognize that this is not the same for every single person. But tech work is a quote unquote white collar job, and it pays really darn well. <laughs> so it helps to be paid really darn well to be able to put up this kind of fight. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they're using their position and their privilege to do this, to maybe set the stage. Cause I was just looking at the story and thinking, God, wouldn't it be so great if what I'm reading here is the beginnings. And I know we've talked about that before on this podcast, but wouldn't it be great if this were the beginnings of just like a really big tech worker movement? Like this is where it's really, you know, yeah. going to be, this is where the company really has to be held accountable for yeah, it's, the it's, thing I mean, it said it's, when it started. It's part of what I hope is like an ongoing revolution. I'll, I'll get given, given the history of labor movements and revolutions, let's lowercase R. That's what I'm going off of, by the but, way. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it's like, there, there's so for decades, culturally, both employers and workers have had it drilled into your heads as a matter of dogma that you are so lucky to have this job. You should be so grateful to this employer. Employers, excuse me, business owners who are millionaires, billionaires, you are so wonderful to be providing a living to so many people. And this is the attitude. This is, this Thanks, is the, Bezos, for sending me to college, too. Yeah. While I was working 16-hour shifts, I appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry. I, again, this this could – again, this, this, is, this is another hour-long diversion, so I'll, I'll, I'll put on my own individual shot clock. But uh, early, earlier tonight, I'm, I'm looking into I – was, I was looking into uh, self-driving uh, trucks, like delivery mm. trucks. And there is actually a huge problem because there is a shortage of of people who are taking these jobs. There is – they you know, 
products cannot and goods cannot be moved from ports to where they need to go because there just aren't enough people to do it. And but also as part of the same brass ring chase in level five autonomous vehicles where so many keep so many companies are investing in the idea that getting a completely getting a human safe level five autonomous vehicle, meaning that it no passengers, no driver, no no oversight, no nothing. It just drives to where it needs to go uh, safely, uh, safely and confidently. That this is something that's going to be attainable in the near future, and there could be a big business coming in here. And so there was some news about uh, self driving again, self driving trucks today, and it returned me to the issue of well, is this a problem? Is is this a thing where they're trying to figure out how to how to uh, are they trying to solve this seemingly unsolvable problem? using untold millions or billions of dollars with no certainty of a positive outcome when the better option was to be, or you could just pay drivers a living wage. Uh, and do, do you need a, a robot to do that when you could just pay humans? And so I'm talking to a friend of mine who is an expert a journalist in the auto industry and saying that part of the problem is just not only is this just a backbreakingly difficult labor to be doing to be a long haul trucker but also the working conditions that the industry has imposed on on workers grinding them grinding their uh, the respect for workers down 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 more and more and more every year for instance they're not they're you're not on set they turned it into sort of a gig economy sort of thing where they're mm-hmm. hiring you as an independent contractor to drive this specific load from this mm-hmm. port to this destination and by the way, we have no idea when that load is going to be offloaded. We have no idea when your truck is going to be signed out. You are going to have to be forced to basically sit around for hours, if not days, waiting for the call that, hey, it's time for you to get in this cab and start driving. And no, we will not be paying you for that. But and yeah, also, you can't you can't do any other work while you're waiting for this because otherwise you won't be available. And that's it's part of the calculus of why so many people are, you know what, we're just not, this is, these are terrible, terrible conditions. We can't live under these conditions. Even if we're willing to swallow a certain amount of self-respect to do so, which is perfectly, you know, you have bills, you have responsibilities. It's like, we, we can do, we figure we can, you've, you've now, uh, you've now denigrated this labor so much that I feel as though I could be doing anything anywhere else, make a better living, have a more comfortable life and be a better friend, father, family member, mother, whatever. And that's the sort of stuff that we keep trying to look at, that how much of this is based on if you just pay your workers well, treat them or not uh, if you if you if you treat them like workers who use money to keep themselves alive. Okay, mm-hmm. who don't owe yeah. you anything? Don't owe you yeah. loyalty. They don't owe you, a, you know, a, a few days off. Uh, giving up a few days off. It's th- this is the sort of stuff that just gets me going. So this is why I'm, I'm really, really glad to see a company like like Google like being held to account. Because unfortunately, this is where most of the victories are going to happen. Uh, because the Walmart worker who, oh, by the way, I've been ordered exactly. to punch out, but then continue to help load, uh, load off, offload these trucks because it's the holiday season and someone needs to do it. And we're all going to pull together as a team to get this done. And we'll have T-shirts and pizza party for you like a, as thank for you pulling together like a family. Like, yeah, but I don't have equity in this company. You're not paying me extra. Mm-hmm. And the solution to this problem is, A, a problem you created, and B, hire more people. Don't force me to give up the three days I was going to be spending visiting my grandma uh, for the first time since COVID lockdown. So this is, this, again, cutting sh- cutting myself off because this is clearly <sighs> a hot-button issue for myself. Let's go into another hot-button issue for myself. Yes. Hopefully it'll be a little bit colder. But, yeah, let's go into even more hot-button <laughs> issue now. Policing. Exactly. <laughs> it's so, hey, it's, the water let, is so cold over here. Nothing ex- is exactly. happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Ooh. this but this is uh, this is really super interesting because it's it does it does plug into a couple of the things that I keep thinking about regarding technology's relationship with society. Uh, but first, let's tell you what you guys, you folks, were talking, what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, so, uh, Jigsaw, Google's Jigsaw unit, uh, is collaborating with the University of Maryland researchers to develop a virtual reality training platform for police. Um, you've probably heard of Jigsaw. It's one of many, many, many units. It used to be. Curiously, it used to be under Alphabet Umbrella. It was then sort of like taken over by Google for mm-hmm. reasons that we could discuss uh, and figure out later on. But basically, uh, if you go to their their launch page, uh, Jigsaws, they say that Google is a unit within Google that explores threats to open societies and builds technology that inspires scalable solutions. They're not threats they're not, to open society. Yes, they're, they're not. They're not. They're not like a moonshot. Hey, we're going to figure out if there's a business in this tech, uh, technological research. They say, again, they couldn't be more explicit. To quote: We look for high impact interventions were focusing on helping a specific group of people such as journalists civil civil society and activists for example makes the internet and society stronger and safer for everyone our focus areas address some of the most complex challenges facing open societies and it's important that we acknowledge that to put what uh, this program in context so uh, the university of, Mich- of maryland uh, their own personal news page about this they define this development of the vr platform uh, which Google developed as colorfully named Trainer, uh, but the, they're ba- they're basically developing this platform into uh, a specific instance of it uh, that will provide. And I'm here. I'm quoting here from the University of Maryland: groundbreaking virtual reality training for police officers to learn and evaluate de-escalation and communication skills. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the news they specifically call out the killings of Freddie Gray in Baltimore, Breonna Taylor in Louisville, and George Floyd in Minneapolis, and the disproportionate killings of people of color, and the need for advanced training methods. Uh, continuing their quote here, uh, the ongoing development of Jigsaw's trainer program will include new studies and input from four higher education institutions, including uh, the University of Maryland's Lab for Applied Social Science Research. This lab is led by sociology professor Rashawn Ray, an expert on systemic bias and racism in policing. So this, so I, I think you, I think you all can figure out where this, this is the kind of announcement that intrigues me. On the one hand. Of uh, the idea of advanced simulation training and dis- de-escalation, for instance, is a really, really important tool. There's there's a reason why to flip this a little bit. The military uses a lot of uh, game training, VR training for yes, soldiers, augmented reality, and such. Right, yep. because uh, they find that it's easier for a soldier to pull a trigger on an enemy if they think if the brain thinks they've done it before. That this isn't something they've never done before. They, yes, it's in virtual reality. Yes, it's in training. But they've been in the situation before. They know that if in, if this if this shape pops out from behind uh, behind a building and aims something that's this shape at them, you draw your yeah. weapon, you fire, and that's what you do. It feels like it's a familiar, okay thing to do. All of these uh, killings that were mentioned by this press release, uh, they brought to light a lot of things from the present and the past where. Uh, a police officer who was brought in to on a call where, Hey, uh, my family member has locked themselves inside a room. We're afraid that they're going to hurt themselves. Uh, we, we need some assistance in getting him to, we, 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 we have him online to the doc, to his doctors. We have a medical facility lined up where the police officer shows up, thinks, Ooh, person with a weapon. They're not, they're not, they're not complying with orders to drop the weapon and come out. Therefore they must be a threat. And therefore 
tragedy results and the family members that called trying to get this person into the help system they they really needed are now spreading the word that for whatever you do don't call the police uh, and so if we could think about ways in which such a system could be a huge benefit simply saying that we're trying to program people first responders to hey you've been in this situation before where this person is behind a door they they are said to have some sort of weapon. They're promising self-harm. And yes, it was boring to sit there for two and a half hours, but it turns out that nobody died or got injured, not including first responders or the family members. Put that kind of training in somebody's head and it will have positive results. However, this is not just that sort of generic thing. When you look at every single one of the cases, not just limited to the ones that were mentioned in this press release, how you, you you're prone to think that the person who killed these uh, these people no amount of virtual reality training was going to change their minds that i see a person of color this per- and this person is not as in my mind this person is not as likely to leave this incident without me hurting them as a person who is not of color i'm not going to simply assume that hey let's let events play out that's the sort of thing that's going to that's going to help that, that that kind of thing that we need that's what we need to train out of people and in some cases we need to remove people from the police force we're not going to send them to virtual reality camp and hope that after 3 days that yes. they're going to decide that hi yes. well this Anyway, I'm not going to. You see, you can. No, you, but that, that's. I, the, I, I don't want to. Uh, you can see that this is a very personalized sort of stuff. It is, but you're hitting the nail on the head there, which is that you cannot VR your way out of a societal issue. Perfect. And that's exactly what this thing sounds like to me. What is also weird to me, and I think Andy, I don't know, Andy, if you had seen this before, I link because I'll, I drop links and tweets to Andy all the time. Um, but when I saw this, I was thinking, like, why is Google getting involved? It just doesn't make sense to me as a person who is buying and consuming Google products, why Google is involved in something like this and how it's going to, like, fix a societal ill. Because weren't we were just talking about, let's say, I know it's not I guess directly related, but weren't we just talking about how AI is totally and not democratized and it's totally not diverse, and yet we're using technology to try and fix a societal issue that is way beyond anything that can be churned through an algorithm? I, yeah, it's, it, yeah. and it, it, it's also frustrating too for the VR side of things which is that is this really all we're using vr for is the metaverse and like maybe hopefully trying to like detrain the racism out of somebody like <laughs> well that's... See, that, that, that's that's not quite how i feel it's like um that that is i actually first came across this when you linked this article to me uh and then uh, of course i had to find every, uh, who else was talking Ugh, about i was not a trendsetter with andy sad <laughs> No, no, you were. I, I, I hadn't found it until I, it, you, you brought it to my attention. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but the, but yes. the headline, the headline was like it could have been like so bad. Like, oh no, Google is making software to train police officers. 
This I know, could that's, be, and that's this exactly could be, how I read it. This could first. be bad. That's exactly uh, how my brain, I was like, <laughs> journalist flow, come in. We have to yep. put email flow away for a sec. <laughs> yes. But see, but this is this is why Google has all these, and Alphabet have all these special divisions. You have this unit, this jigsaw unit. They do do a lot of stuff that is very, very positive and doesn't appear to have an obvious monetary, an obvious profit motive to it. And that's the sort of freedom that a large company, be it Google, be it be it uh, Apple, be it anybody else, they have the ability to say, well, we have enough money that partly to, for whatever reason we want to, we we want to cite, we can create a unit to do stuff that we think is positive and doesn't have to actually monetize itself. And so, and that seems like the exactly sort of project they'd want to get involved in. But the, the other side of this is that, as you say, I think that one of the biggest problems with technology is that people seem to, a lot of people seem to think that, oh, well, We've added some blockchain to this. Oh, wait a minute. This was a problem before Sorry, we added machine learning yes. to this. Like, again, you can't it's, – It's. it reminds me of if to, the, the simplest example of this is that, wow, uh, the uh, graduation rates inside this community are very, very low. Uh, second and third graders are not reading anywhere near at the level which they want to do. So I know. Let's give an iPad to every single student in the system, and the, each teacher will have their own MacBook, and we'll have uh, like a we'll have a, a, a live view. It's like, or go to this individual school. Is the heating system working? Mm. Are the are kids like getting lunch? Are they getting mm-hmm. breakfast? Okay, are the are the uh, do they have access to the materials they need to study the 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 stuff they want to do? Is it sim- things as simple as is there, are the bathrooms working? You you often try it's, it's like the 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 one laptop per child program where it's like okay so we're going to give every single kid uh, in the world their own laptop and that will help education. Where again go to the community that is being affected by having poor uh, education within their community. Ask them find an activist in that community that is intimate with that community, and they and maybe they will tell you what we really need is roads. We need our improved roads because we can't get our kids to school. It's like, oh, thank you for Andy, the laptop. You're asking but give us people to do. Yeah. You're asking people to do old school beat work, man. Nobody wants to do that. They don't even want to pay journalists to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. some real beat. That's some real beat work right there. Um, it is worth noting, by the way, that this jigsaw webpage, I was just kind of clicking around. First of all, it's really, this is a not related, but it's really beautifully coded. Like it the is. actual website, it, it has this really nice um, dynamic like mouse cursor situation going on. And then if you click over, I guess they have a publication called The Current. Yeah where they're kind of surmising their findings and their research. And there's a whole article that I would like to read later, which is the violent white supremacy issue, how violent white supremacists leverage the internet and what the journey out of extremism entails. So it looks like this project jigsaw has some, it looks like they have a lot of leeway to really do something with the money that they're being given. This is something I keep reminding myself and trying to remind listeners and readers to the point where I'm not being a nudge about it. But yeah, every every time you, you're faced with a, again a multi-trillion dollar company, it's like trying to it's it's like trying to have what is the character, what is the 
what is the emotional IQ? What is the sense of responsibility of an entire country? Well, no, there are factions with a country is made up of hundreds and hundreds of different elements within it, just as Google is would love, 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 love to sell yeah. China cloud services. There yeah. also is a division that will that will say, no, of course, we will continue to fund Project Jigsaw. This is good stuff. And there are four or five other uh, units that are just like it, where it's like there is no there doesn't seem to be any sort of economic motive before uh, uh, about this. They're just this just seems to be as as I associate Google with being an academic institution that loves research, we're going to do research uh, and it's not going to be the Sundar Pichai version where you got <laughs> he walks into your office, puts this enormous like eight foot high hourglass on top of a shelf and saying, OK, this is how much time you have to stop screwing around with the research and make some money off of this. Because Jeez. once you get to the Dorothy, the, the, the Wizard of Oz moment, <laughs> the last pebble is sort of spiraling down. We're, <laughs> we, we're, we're using we're, we're going to turn this this office into a call center. OK, but there are also units that are like, no, this is just we're you you get to you get to live in a university type environment where we will pay you to do research we will pay you to find places to apply that research we will give you a mandate that is all about how can we use our research to do good things and so this a lot this works alongside the same uh the same culture that also figures out how to squeeze the advertising business out <laughs> so that uh it's all about google adsense and nobody else so and it's possible to have to believe both things at the same time because both yeah. things are in fact true yeah, my goodness. Well, kudos to the team that is trying to do some good and taking the money and yeah, and I, and I do making hope this they... really pretty. It's a really pretty web page, even though everything the data on it is intense. Yes, for 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 all of our wanting to be very very clear about the complexity of the issue, it it, it I believe that this could do more good than not than a such a system not existing. And so for that reason, it's worthwhile. So long as this doesn't become a promotional thing. Oh, well, we're trying, we're solving the problem of racism and enforcement. That's going to come in a future yeah. Google I.O. Let's be real here. <laughs> True. Years ago, we gave money to these uh, fresh out of uh, university kids. We put them in a basement in one of our buildings in Austin, Texas, and we oh, gave God. them free food and thinking, no, new I'm, computers. I'm, 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 I was thinking about how, like, how, how, how people like exploit labor like this this is how this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna get the best most idealistic most innovative and brilliant engineers out of college to come to us by hiring them into these jigsaw type organizations and then six years later when they're used to wow to making three hundred thousand dollars a year and having an immense lifestyle that they possibly can't support without us we're gonna say oh by the way we have this new uh we're we're, we're calling it death blossom but it turns out that was also that was there was also a weapon in last starfire so it was patented but basically the idea is to blast out ip packets at like the water systems the power systems the sewage systems of another country bring it right to its knees uh just by pushing a button from a general's phone app and so that's we're moving you off of this project and putting it onto the <laughs> well not death blossom but we'll, we'll come up with oh, something God. that looks, looks good on the t-shirts at lunch day uh but hey let's let's put it let's put a mug of co- pot of cocoa on the stove let's let's go out sledding and then come in and pull off our pull off our boots and our glove mittens and enjoy the wintertime fun time good news cavalcade parade of smiles after this
Well, as I'm sure that all listeners uh, realize, because we have this immense, uh, wonderful uh, wintertime, funtime, good news, cavalcade, parade of smiles theme uh, composed and recorded with an 18-piece orchestra just for this occasion, it's time for the wintertime, funtime, oh, well, we don't have enough money for that. Imagine something impressive. Not Danny Elfman, John Williams-style stuff, I'm here, okay? Not the That's what you want Why can't I imagine Danny Elfman? Because, I mean, he's okay. He was an Oingo Boingo. He was definitely an Oingo Boingo. He also scored <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. There's there's so and, and and Batman. There's all kinds of things we can, but I'm saying that. Which, if you, by if, the way, I heard Batman Returns is a Christmas movie, by the way. It definitely, technically is. There is a, okay. there is also a, a Die Hard also. There's the, there's the ongoing ongoing debate about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. I think I might do the sequel, Die Hard 2, this year. I'm trying to diversify my Christmas I, I've, I've movies never... for like the out of the out of left field picks. Can That's I, can what I'm going I, can for. Can I tell you that I've, I've never seen Die Hard 2 because I really enjoyed Die Hard 1 and I don't want anything to ruin that memory That's for me fair. right now every i can say that every die hard movie i've ever seen has been wonderful and i would i would like to keep that but um but yes uh, yeah. but now it's time yeah. for our own christmas special of uh, nothing but good there happened to be a bunch of like good news or interesting cool news here uh so but there's a new feature in google messages that's rolling out as we speak which will mitigate the shame or at least the self-imposed shame of using an android phone in a group iMessages chat but anyway, so that's so that's good news. So uh, it's not quite mitigating the shame. So, they, uh, so uh, Google is putting out an update to the standard messages app, and again, it's rolling out right now, uh, so that it now will report iMessage reactions with an emoji instead of describing them as though it's a UN translator or something. If you've been involved in a group iMessage chat, and you put you you you, you someone puts in a picture, and you hear um, uh, Estelle Mariachi has liked an image. And suddenly you've got like, yeah, this, this, my best friend did it today to me. I was like spilling my guts out to her. And then she put a question mark reaction to something because she has an iPhone. But then she unquestion marked it. So I got both <laughs> questioned my full like long diatribe about my emotional state of being followed by <laughs> unquestioned. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I have to live that all over again, like twice more <laughs> after I already wrote it. Um, by the way, I just want to say green bubbles, they look really bad on the iOS end. I saw a screenshot today for like the first time in a long time. It looks really bad. Like just the green they use on the background looks really ugly. It's kind of ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, sometimes it's a harsh I'm word, but. Yeah, see, the, the thing is, like, uh, as part of the testimony, uh, as, as part of the uh, testimony, uh, I think during the Epic trial, this is where this is where we find out exactly not only exactly how Apple feels, but the words that they use and expressing how they feel. Uh, there was an internal memo in which uh, I think it was Greg Federighi, who is the head of software at Apple, essentially, uh, when, when there was a very serious like drive, say, well, look, we should we should really do an Android version of, of messages. It's the only logical thing for us to do if we want for the platform and also for the users. And Craig Federighi, is, who is one of like the five or six people who get who influence the entire company, 
was saying, look, the only the only thing that that would achieve is to help sell help uh, sell Android phones to the children of iPhone users. And uh, as is now, they're going to definitely be buying iPhones because they want all to be together in the I, in the iMessages chat. And so and so that's it's that's the sort of thing that makes me wonder if they don't intentionally say, let's you know, I think that the color of green we've we chose in iOS yep. 10 doesn't look enough like snot. Can we it add does. a little bit more it yellow does. in iOS 11, iOS 12? I was going to say 13? puke green, but it's not quite that green. It's definitely yeah. like a snotty, like some sort of in, inner body organic material is what it is. And I am offended. Yeah. See, it's, it, start, it started off as – I'm going to use cultural references that I, I think most of our listeners will appreciate of the, the color of – Gak in Nickelodeon's game shows, <laughs> which is sort of a cheerful yes. sort of green, and now it's like the sort of then then for a while it went into the sort of green that like Slimer and Ghostbusters used to like spread out. Now we're down to like uh, mm-hmm. the garbage pail kids that do things involving picking their noses. That's oh, the level of green that we're getting. One hundred percent, absolutely. It, it seems to be a campaign. <laughs> So, so apart, I, I can't say that our long international nightmare is over, but at least, at least Google is willing to do something about it. There, I think that I don't think they're necessarily addressing the iMessages problem as much as making sure that it looks a more lot more more like a message that came through RCS, so that now instead of getting like this like this again UN translator sort of text, it will then mark it with a heart. It will mark this text with a smiley face, whatever is appropriate to basically convey it, uh, which is hope I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering if it's not time for Google to uh, steal another good idea from Apple, which is to publicly shame a company, a software developer for doing who's doing something that the company doesn't approve of. There used to be a thing where if a if an app were unusually energy hungry and not following Apple's guidelines for uh, for energy consumption, it would be like publicly shamed. Like in mm. the, in the battery menu, saying here are the apps that are destroying your battery. Uh, if you uh, back the the second time that they switched CPUs, if you were using code that had not been rewritten for the new CPU and it was running under emulation, it would change the whole color of the menu bar to say shame, ding, shame. Ding. I was so, running through that whole scene in my head while you were talking. <laughs> to be quite excellent. honest with you, <laughs> we're, cre- we're we're creating a theater of the air here. I've always been very very proud yes. of that for the, us in the material podcast. But yeah, I, I'm I, I just keep I keep if I were if I were working for Google and I were if I had a Craig Federighi style role where if I come if I say something maybe something will happen. I would say you 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 and you pointing out people who could use some bonus money who could use some who's I think have great brains but haven't been recognized by the company your your job over the next month is to think of ways that we can shame iMessage the iMessage transport system whenever a message comes in through messages I'm not saying we'll actually do any of this but I will also say that the more practical and effective this that your solution is the more likely it is that it will become part of the next version of Android because I just want people to say Hey, how how come how come? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll this uh, the person I'm, the, the celebrity I'm mentioning is has been dead for years, and also he was an absolute bastard. So I feel no shame in saying this. There is a he he made a movie, a science fiction movie, when he was in his like fifties, but he inserted himself into it as no, I'm still the same dashing young twenty something heroic oh rogue that I always used to be. Okay. And there's a nude scene which you can see his butt, and it's really not a very proud butt. So have something where the background it's not the background color of an iMessages transport text. It is actually the background image, and it is this. Uh, Kirk Douglas's 
horrible butt from Outland. <laughs> And it, and and as soon as and as soon as Apple decides to use RCS as the state as the standard transport when they sending messages will. to a non iOS device, then guess what? You no longer have to see Kirk Douglas's horrible, horrible, horrible butt every time you send someone a message. That's my, my proposal. Goodness. All right, I feel like we should move on from that. Okay, to well, get the image out of our heads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well here's 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 something much much cooler. Elton John uh, in the Who's Tommy playing pinball with those huge, like, 18-foot-high platform shoes. Now everyone's in a good mood, because that was, like, mm-hmm. really, really prime, happy mood, uh, Elton John there. Uh, so a Redditor discovered a cool pinball game that's hidden inside the Google app, like the actual, like, mm. Google app for iOS. Okay. It's also, it's also right. here on Android, but well, there's a distinction, which we will make clear in a moment. So uh, the Redditor, by the name of Friendly underscore Cajun, I always already like this guy. Or excuse me, okay. this person. Uh, so he, uh, they thoughtfully provided a video capture of this really cool Easter egg. So you go to the tabs app of the Google app uh, and then keep you know, where they ha- have like little thumbnails of all the different like articles and stories and things that uh, that, that you're, you're looking at the, at the time. So just scroll, 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 keep force. And then when you get to the bottom, you keep forcing the app to continue scrolling like long after okay. it's reached the bottom of the list. If you keep doing that, eventually the screen will start to fill up from the bottom with I don't know if they're material design graphics or elements of like the Google, like uh, Android 10, Android 12, whatever logo, but these graphical, colorful shapes. And eventually, if you keep doing it, uh, a set of pinball flippers will appear at the bottom and one of the circles will drop down as the ball. And then you can play pinball using those material Let's graphics see. images acting as the bumpers and the and the other things. Now, here's, oh, the, here's the bad news. It only works, on the, it only works in the Sorry. iPhone version of the app, which... Oh, that's why I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like... I, that's the first thing I tried, uh, and I don't. I don't know why Google is sometimes so mean to us about it. There's so it was like with Google Fit, other apps. Why do they? Why do they come to iOS first? And I don't think and it's Android... mean. I think it's intentional. I think it's to. I think it's to try and and create. Okay, this is my theory, but I think it's to try and create a little bit of a fan base going on. So they're like, oh yeah, okay, you chose to use like iOS, that's cool, but you still want to keep everything going on in the Google Assistant and your Google account, right? So <laughs> here's a fun little game that, look, Android users don't get it. That's what I kind of feel is going on here. I just, I, 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 I just think that it, it makes me. It's the Marvel Easter egg in the watch. <laughs> Oh, Andy. look, we, 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 we invented Easter eggs. Oh, that's right. The Marvel, the Marvel <laughs> Easter, uh, sorry, I, I, I've heard the rest of it while you're talking. The Marvel, what's the, what's the Marvel Easter egg in Apple Watch? Oh, well, you had made a reference about, I think it was Tony Stark having some sort of, I, I mean, perhaps I imagine it as Tony Stark having some sort of like brand. Oh, you know what? It was the way that I interpreted what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> well, <Ooh>. I, <laughs> sorry, I, my R2D2 Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> and and what piece of advertising? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Star Wars the universe <laughs> element is it? Is it now burbling at you? C three PO asking me. The X wing is running out of energy. I need to give it. I need to give it some energy right now. This is. Oh no, the X R two D two is. I don't know. I'll deal with it later. Quick, my, my my life force is is almost zero. You quick, go to Disney Plus and watch the first episode of the Beatles Let It Be documentary now streaming on all devices. Directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> uh, 
uh well okay I, i'm i i am I, I like to think that i the, the it, joy is not a zero-sum game the fact that this pinball game is available to ios users but not android users that doesn't diminish my pleasure my joy in life i can be so happy we just did a whole section happy. for iphone users about how great it is for them to be on iphone they don't have an ugly green bubble and they have a cool pinball game I i'm think, still not upgrading well, to something else so don't even don't even start I I, th- I think that we come out okay as advocates of uh, Google's OS plat- uh, OS platform because we are, we have underscored that Apple as a two to two going on three trillion dollar company and the number one most valuable company in the entire world in terms of market cap they are still very very petty they are very very uh, afraid that you're not going to like them if you are aware that other solutions exist and can use their technologies on other platforms. Whereas we as Android users, Google is confident enough to say, sure, well, absolutely, we sell our own design uh, Android phone, but please, if you don't like our branded phone, buy any other Android phone. There are lots of phones out there and there's probably one out there for you. And what they, a strategy. And, yeah. And as as and if we want to if I want to artificially like inflate my own ego and swallow my own uh, totally unjustified uh, disappointment here, I can say that Android uh, Google understands that with Android, I'm in this platform for all of the right reasons to be interested in this platform and this hardware. I don't need to be pandered with free, albeit really really cute and wonderful free games. I Whereas do. I well, you, you can be again. I'll. I'm just I, again. I'm sort of flailing around for reasons not to be totally upset. I, I will say that the the one saving grace is that I tried it on. I, I have like a library, like iPhone uh, 12, and okay, actually, it's right. actually working on mine. Great. Uh, I also tried it on my uh, my iPad Pro, and it doesn't work on the Google uh, oh. on the uh, Google app on the iPad Pro, which is weird because oh my god, what a great pinball table that would be! This 12.9 inch beautiful screen. Yeah. I know. I, you know what? I, I feel like this is a good thing to end on. I realize that I am going to have to probably buy Mona an iPad at some point because all the cool like right. STEM attachments that you can get for kids to like learn and program and stuff, they're all made for iOS or iPad OS as it is. So I feel like that's going to be a purchase in my future that I'm going to have to do so that my daughter doesn't fall behind the rest of the <laughs> population. <laughs> Ah, the things we do for our children. See, that's the, <laughs> the, that's the other, that's the other thing. Good thing about Google. Google doesn't say it doesn't just like hold our children hostage, saying that oh, if you want them to get a good education, you know, you're gonna have to buy our stuff. I suppose you don't care about your kids if you're buying them like an Android phone. Okay, or, or, or I have a Fire to tell tablet. you. I have to tell you. Okay, one last thing. So I did set up. I have like one of the cheapy Lenovo tablets from Walmart that I set up for Mona to just like play the little toddler matching games on there and watch Pokemon. And she has been venturing into other parts of, I put the kid launcher on there and um, I didn't put a very good password. So (laughs) she has been downloading apps (laughs) and every time she downloads an app because she has her own account. Cause I, again, I set it up so that I would be the owner of these things when she comes to, Um, I get an email. So it's really funny because it's like, I never imagined that I would be getting emails, but like my kid is downloading apps. She's not supposed to. It was, it was a baby, it was a baby shark, the ba- baby shark. Doo-doo. Yeah. It's, we're not doing that in this house. Yeah. So I'm trying to, 
I went and promptly deleted it. I was like, no, I deny this as her mother. I deny this. Um, and I'm getting an interesting look into the, you know, all the parenting controls and stuff. So that's great. Anyway, I, I would love I, one day. I would love to hear your thoughts about when you, when you get to that point of, mm-hmm. okay, I, the thing, the thing that I've always enjoyed about, uh, about, uh, Amazon's Kindle fire tablets is that they're, they should almost be like sold in like a big tear off roll, like paper towels, where it's like, you, you want your kids to take care of things. Even if, even if this, if this thing only costs 50 or 60 bucks for a color tablet, it's still money, but nonetheless, you are, not, it's, you're probably not going to, you're, if the person, if the kid who is only a kid drops it or loses it or spills or throws up on it or whatever, it's it's not as though it's going to take you a huge long time to find another fifty or sixty bucks to replace it. Whereas with like a three hundred dollar, like four hundred dollar iPad, it's like okay, well, guess we're you're not going to have an iPad for the next six months. No, I'm not punishing yeah. you. It's that we need to buy you like you know cold medicine from time to time. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how things work. Uh, we'll talk about that we'll talk when about it gets that to because it's an exploration comes. for me. So. Indeed. We're all off on an on an interstellar adventure, traveling at the speed of one day per day. Hopefully, we're going to improve upon that later on. But for now, I like that's that. What we're stuck with. I yes. like that one day per day. Take it one day at a time. We don't. Indeed. There's no rush. There, don't rush through life, guys. It's already short as it is. Yeah, I know. Especially, <laughs> so. especially like whether you observe like the, the uh, December holidays or not. Mm-hmm. It's like it's still kind of cool that there are lights and festooneries up all over the place, and you can be taking a walk through a city park and hit upon people who are singing for no reason other than "Hey, look, here's some cool songs," and we enjoy dressing up as dressing up in these costumes and so do find some time to go go to the your lo, go go to like your local big big park they'll probably have events going on find little tiny mm-hmm. communities usually my my little community of, of which i've spoken so uh, so gratefully in, so, in the past this is like the weekend that they're doing the let's get as many people here as possible yeah. to to enjoy the, the big tree lighting we're going to be putting christmas trees up everywhere we're going to have yeah. and hopefully they'll like spend some too. money at our local stores yeah I, this is mm-hmm. this is this unfortunately we're recording on wednesday night that starts off like tomorrow night with the tree lighting so they, the idea is I, the, i'm thinking well why thursday it's like oh okay because the local news will be on, here on thursday which means that on friday Friday, people will be coming in when they have time off to like go in. And now I'm like, oh, I really, really, really should get my window lights up like Wednesday night or Thursday morning at the earliest. Because right. again, this is the the building I live in is again almost literally like the Times Square of this neighborhood. And if and if my if my floor of of, of windows is dark, that's a big patch in the neighborhood. That's like dark i i don't i don't have the corner unit if i had the corner unit i'd be like I, i'm gonna i'm gonna hire electricians to, to like install like led color lighting and i'm gonna change the colors like the empire state building for every event but unfortunately it's just 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 discreet enough that it's like i can put it off and maybe pretend that no 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 and i i have i have the lights they're all ready i have a plan that's all ready i just have to realize that yeah either you don't either you do it or you don't and and it and would make you it would please people to a non-zero extent, even if it's a less than number one extent, to see, hey, look, there's a whole bunch of animated colored lights in these five windows. So, Andy, do that. But yes, go Send out, go out and see those for happening. Yes, you will, you will, you will get a picture. Uh, so, yes. unfortunately, uh, well, you're going to be off next week. Uh, on special mm-hmm. assignment uh, so we'll have a special show for everybody next week uh, until then everybody have a safe happy and healthy seven days thank you so much for listening bye-bye bye guys